0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. I do like to do best of shows and take a look back at 2019. At some point in time, I'll take a look back at 1960. I'll take a look back at 1970. I used to do more theme shows. It's really tough to do because you have to have a producer that you're in sync with. Like if I do a 50s show, I would have like quest for drops and music and movies. Same thing with the 60s, 70s, 80s. But at times I want to show you like this is a market that's pretty resilient and it's lived on through decades and decades. And it's not going anywhere. It's not a roller coaster. It's not a game. I hear that from people too often. If you missed out investing in 2019, you missed out in one of the best years ever. And if you missed out because you were ignorant and fearful, shame on you. I believe in capitalism more so than I believe in Republicans or Democrats. So I don't get too spooked. Will there be short terms of massive underperformance? Yeah, and I call that on sale. Will be the you know for me, I'd rather see the market drop 30 percent in a day or a week or a month than thirty percent over three years. That kind of grinding lower drives you insane. I've seen it. Two thousand two two thousand two two thousand through two thousand two. Um was tough. It was grinding. You felt like it was never gonna get back up. So let's talk about twenty nineteen and let's go back to Christmas Eve 2018. That was the worst Christmas Eve on record. The markets dropped 2.7%. We had a really rough ending to 2018, kind of like a plane. It's a lot of turbulence, you eventually get safe on the ground, you clap. Very European to clap when a plane lands. So the washout on December 24th, 2018, left the S&P 500 down 14.8% that month. One year, one month and one year. One month at the end of the year, down 14.8% in the month of December. That's a big freaking fracking drop. That's too much. That's a lot in one month. That's a lot for me. And I'd come on there and I'm like, hey, don't lose your patience. Um, you know, We've had a great eight, eight nine years, and you know, we're due for a correction. And then it didn't happen. The selling stopped. 2019 began, and the party went back on. It's almost like musical chairs where they take away a chair. No, nope, no, nope, they just put two back in. So it was kind of nice. By the way, I think musical chairs is a mean and cruel game. And it should be banned from schools. The kid that gets the chair pulled out from them by... Uh, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That wasn't the kid who pulled it out. I was a kid who fell on his butt. Um, so January 4th of 2019, we got Fed Chairman Powell said that the Fed's going to be patient with its policy approach and won't hesitate to make a change in its balance sheet, normalization if necessary, which was interesting because basically the Federal Reserve said, if things get worse, we're going to protect you. We're going to lower rates. That's kind of weird because the Federal Reserve should make their decision based on data and not where the stock market is on one given month. But, hey, I'll take it. Um, I'm a bull. I'm long-term in the market. Bulls see upside, bears see downside and fed chairman jerome powell early in january gave me more life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and higher stock prices and i loved it 2019 was great 2019 may very well be remembered why the stock market should not have had its best year and 2019 was its best year since 2013 and nearly its best year since 1997 so it goes back on you 2019 started with the government shutdown that typically freaks people out. I typically love it. The longest US government shutdown is 35 days. This one lasted not that long. And what's interesting to note about it is again, the headline, it looks bad government shutting down, people not getting their social security check, death, death, death in those streets, right? It didn't happen that way. There was virtually no SP 500 earnings growth in 2019. And how did we do this? Business investment was weak. There was a contraction in the manufacturing sector, evidenced by four straight sub 50 readings. We were headed towards a uh, recession. Foreign economies didn't help out. Germany and UK saw contractions in the second quarter, and China saw its lowest GDP on record. 2019 saw violent protests erupt in Hong Kong, with citizens expressing contempt for proposed legislation. That would have made it easier to extradite Hong Kong residents accused of crimes to mainland China. Pro-democracy versus what you have there. They don't have capitalism like we do. Saudi Arabia's oil refining facilities were attacked by a series of drones and missiles in September, leading to the biggest one-day spike in crude prices. These are all reasons 2019 should have stunk. The overnight repurchase market froze up by lack of available liquidity. There was political discord in uk that didn't end and just when you thought boris johnson wouldn't be re-elected oh, he got re-elected so they had an early election in december of 2019 which was the first election in december since 1923 things got hairy there president trump was impeached over in the house of representatives on two charges of abuse of power and obstruction of congress all of these could have been problems with the stock market, and the stock market just breezed right through it. I'm not, tell- I'm not trying to be Pollyanna. I want you to know one day that one of those 5, 10 stories is going to stick, and the market will go down for a long period of time. The lack of earnings growth may be it. But for now, it's still working, and I hope you didn't take too much money off. I did a little rebalancing in the fourth quarter of my 401k to be more value for 2020, but not much. Tinkering. Um, The trade issues of 2019 between the United States and China, it was taxing, it was nerve-wracking, it went nowhere fast. You and me, we should be going nowhere slowly. We try to get away from the past. Um, We keep going nowhere fast right now. Um, But we did get the phase one agreement, which... In theory, it was slated to be signed January 15, 2020. So that kind of played out, at least phase one. And then there's going to be phase two. But will phase two happen if there's an impeachment issue? Will China pull back their cards and say, we're not going to make a deal with you because there's going to be a new administration in? I don't know. I don't know the future. But China has a long history of subsidizing Chinese businesses. That's not fair. Boeing, let's say China makes an airline, and Boeing's a tough example to use, (coughs) because they didn't have the best 2019, did they? Um, But let's say Boeing works hard, and China just steals some of their software, and China just steals the designs of their planes. Or China says, you know what, we're just going to subsidize China Air, who's making all these Chinese airplanes. Uh, Totally made-up company, by the way. If the government's just subsidizing it, it doesn't really feel like a business because they're not making profits. With that being said, you get the idea of some of the things China's done poorly in business, whether it be technology transfers, intellectual property theft, um, or too much subsidies. Our companies can't compete with their companies. Our steel companies can't. In large part, they can make steel cheaper because they don't have to make a profit. 800-516-1220 800 to get your calls on there. I'm glad 2019 is in the rearview mirror because there were a lot of naggy, whiny little stories like the China-U.S. trade war that never seemed to get resolved until it did or did it. Didn't. You can find me online at robloxshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. 2019 saw Jeff Bezos lose more than almost any other billionaire. Not because Amazon.com went down. But because of his divorce, he's still the richest man on the planet, even though he suffered a decline of ten billion dollars in his net worth. His wife, Mackenzie Bezos, who had to go through the humiliation of a very public divorce with another woman involved, um, led to a settlement, which she received Amazon stock worth more than thirty-five billion dollars. And he only lost ten billion for the year. It tells you he had a pretty good year, minus the divorce. Mackenzie Bezos. Is the world's wealthiest woman in the world. So 2019, a change of fortune for her fortunes, but her marriage ended. 800 516 1220 each calls on the air. Just so everyone knows, when I do this show, I do the show by me and me only. I don't have a producer pitching ideas. I don't have a producer booking guests. I don't have people knocking down the door who are high quality who want to do interviews. Um, And if we don't have that, I kind of got to kind of wing this together, kind of very Frankenstein-esque. So I'll use the brain of someone else's and the arms and the legs of somebody else and the heart. Um, So some shows are going to be better than others. But I really do my best. I've got enough enough wealth to retire, and I think I can teach you how to do it. We do it at seminars all the time. You can learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. Top 5G play for 2020 looks to be Apple. Top cloud stocks for 2020 look to be Microsoft and VMware. Top security plays, CyberArk Software, Zscaler, Palo Alto Networks. I think 2020 is going to be a bad year for a company called Slack Technologies, ticker symbol is WORK, as basically they've got a suite of office tools that Microsoft is just going to say no, and they're going to shut them down, is my assumption. I know there's some businesses that are anti-Microsoft, and I get it. You're going to start seeing some more real technologies. Things like augmented reality and virtual reality and autonomous driving are going to look a little bit better in 2020. We're not going to rush into it. We're not going to say it's here, it's the end-all, be-all, no more car accidents ever. We're not going to rush into it. Some of the technologies, you know, augmented reality two years ago you listened to tim cook you would have thought like woohoo holy mackerel we're gonna be playing like virtual chess with monsters on a uh a desk that there's nothing there but if you look at it this way there is so this is my top tech themes top 5g play apple top cloud stock, microsoft and vmware uh video games amd and nvidia i think nvidia has a better chance of outperforming this year than amd because amd outperformed nvidia in 2019 Um, and we continue to inch closer on some of these technologies. You know, again, the Apple 12 phone has already started to get a leak where they're going to take the lenses. You're not gonna be able to see them anymore. They're gonna be embedded in the camera. Uh, there will not be a bump. The front side is going to get rid of that notch. Uh, the screen will go edge to edge. It'll be a, a nicer, slicker feel. And to be fair, all of those things exist right now in various other phone companies, but none of them exist in one. So Apple sometimes lets other companies take the lead with technology, and they and they barely like wait and they wait and they wait and they get it right. Not always. Remember Antenna Gate? That was a, a mess. Um, Steve Jobs had to backpedal on that one. It, if you hold your phone like this, the antenna will work. It's like hold it down like a, a cup of tea. Average family in America can't afford to buy a home in 71% of the country. That's not good. Average wage earners can't afford to buy a home in 344 out of 486 counties. That's 71% of the United States. A booming real estate market amid lower mortgage rates. And only 29% of Americans can buy that home, that they always want it. Home prices rose 9% in the last three months in 2019, making the typical home a financial stretch. If you're a wage earner and you're not, say, an inheritance baby or a trust fund baby, it's going to be tough. To cross the current national median home price of $257,000, the median home price in the United States is $257,000. You need a gross income of at least 67000 yet the average annual wage in the United States, $58,000, and that's punishing. I expect home prices to climb in 2020 and to become a little bit more affordable. Prices expected to be climbing in the near term, uh, but we also have to wait on inventory. There's just not enough of it. Tightening market where we've underbuilt on new housing because of higher labor and land costs um, has been a big problem. So 1228 each calls on the air. Rents are rising, cost of living is rising, cost of housing is rising, nation's homeless population is rising. What do you think the percentage of people in America that are homeless? This is an interesting question because I don't think People see it and you have an opinion on it. It's filthy or I feel bad for that person or it's a mental disease or it's it's we're not taking care of our our veterans. We all have like instant reactions to the word homeless. And what's interesting about it is we can't fix homelessness. Donald Trump yells at San Francisco, your city is filthy. Our city is different than your city. Every city is different and the homeless populations are different. Every state is different. The people who are homeless in Texas are very different than the people who are homeless in Oregon or West Virginia. In West Virginia, it could be because daddy never left the state because he was a coal miner, and the coal mining industry went – and that's can create poverty, and poverty can create uh, homelessness. So it's not an easy problem to fix, but the number of people in America who are homeless, what percentage do you think it is? seven percent almost three percent now the homeless projection of the united states is driven largely by housing conditions in california you actually have engineers now who are becoming homeless <laughs> how's that for a new focal point instead of the veterans or the mentally ill or what have you we now have engineers i'm rob black Find me at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. This is Fits of the Tantrums. <clears throat> I feel old because there's a song called Money Grabber by Fits of the Tantrums that I really liked. It felt like it was yesterday. It was nine years ago. I got a chance to see these guys at a concert, incredibly small venue. And I did. It was kind of awesome. I wouldn't see them today. There's going to be too many people. And they weren't there when I was there 10 years ago, you know? I'm a little crazy. 800 516 20 to each calls in the air. One of the things I want to say is I'm really, really thankful for everyone involved in the production of the show and the pulling off kind of a miracle. I talk for 10 plus hours a week with basically experience. That's what I have. I don't have much else. Um, I'm doing a lot of work. I'm doing a lot of research. I'm, I'm staying on top of the stuff, but I'm also really lucky. I've got people who know how to produce a show, who know how to fix things on the fly. Um, I'm blessed. And to do this show for twenty plus years, I it's funny, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Has it been twenty-five? Twenty-three years, I think. So this is going on my twenty-fourth year, and that makes me feel old. Eight hundred, five, one, six, twelve, twenty to each calls in the air. Anything which you want to talk about, we could talk about. Again, uh, there's too many people to think, but everyone at Salem and everyone who's helps pull the stuff together, um, thank you so much. Um, one of the things I do want to talk about. If I may, and please indulge me, sometimes I I try to show you like, there's not that many things you have to do. You have to have a goal, you have to have a budget, you have to have a basic understanding of investing versus banking uh, versus insurance. It's not that hard, and people make it much tougher than they should, and that's unfortunate. Insurance is about managing risk, managing risk of you live or die. Um, disability insurance, if you lose your ability to go to work, because let's say you get your feet cut off in an industrial accident, um, you know, what's funny about that is because I'm doing my own show producing it on the fly. I might get a letter from someone who writes to my management and says, Oh, I lost my foot in an industrial accident. I went back to work the next day, but most people wouldn't go back to work the next day and you'd start losing pay. And the positive is every American we're pretty well employed at this point in time. Not completely, but we're well employed. Um, that means we have paycheck that goes paycheck to paycheck. If you get disabled, you no longer have paycheck to paycheck. So going back to everyone has a job. unemployment's incredibly low. You have the ability to earn income. You're earning income. You spend money. I know people who should be saving more, and yet they're going out and buying McLarens or virtual headsets or $400 dinners for friends. Like I once made a huge mistake. I was doing a seminar and a, a reporter came to cover me. And uh, he's like, That was awesome. Let's go to dinner. And I'm like, Sure. We ordered dinner. And then, like, when the bill comes, he suddenly has those little dinosaur arms, you know, the T Rex arms. That, like, he can't quite reach his wallet. And he, uh, the dude, he ran up the bill. He ran up the bill big time. Um, so I had to pay. I wasn't cool with that because at that point in time, I didn't have enough money to retire to the I paid for like a $400, $500 dinner. It was not worth $400, $500 dinners, and I I could have been just as happy with McDonald's. With that said, I don't do a lot of McDonald's, but you get the idea. I do think that's an interesting, quick concept. And when I say as long as people have jobs, they get a paycheck, they push the economy forward, same thing, if they don't have jobs and they get disabled, then you don't have economic activity, and it hurts the economy, and that hurts the stock market. It's not that simple, but it gets there. So, sometimes you can have a positive insight, and sometimes you can have a negative insight. The negative would be people losing jobs. The positive would be people have jobs. I like understanding both sides of the play. There could be, you could design an anti-strategy, what I would refer to as anti-predictions, and do just as well as an investor. Like, for instance, I think Apple Arcade's cute. I don't think it's going to compete terribly well with Microsoft or Sony's arcade-like subscription model. It won't. It'll do okay. I think Apple News is a flop. A fresh coat of paint is usually not enough to fix a flawed product. Apple News had a lot of hype at the beginning of 2019, as did Apple TV, as did Apple Arcade. TV's okay. TV's low. It's not sticky, but it's not horrific. I think Apple News is horrific. I don't see people doing it. For a lot of participants, you had no choice but to try Apple News, thanks to pre-existing Texture contracts. Did you ever hear of Texture? Texture was Apple News Plus before there was Apple News Plus, and more Americans get their news from Apple News than any other news source. So Apple thought, let's aggregate all these publishers together, and then when people want to read the publishers, you know, they'll get a cut of the subscription piece. It just doesn't seem to be enough to rally the stock. Now, fortunately for Apple, they've got things that can, like the AirPods and or maybe the Apple Arcade will add. And if they do a big, splashy acquisition, pick up a studio, I think they can compete with Netflix. Not now. Years away. Another anti-prediction would be, like, Facebook's not going to stick to its guns on political advertising. I think we all know Zuckerberg's in it for the buck. That's mean of me to say. It's cruel of me to say, but that's the perception, and sometimes perceptions become a reality. Political spending on, on online ads is projected by to reach about $2.9 billion in 2020. Election years are very good for media properties, whether they be TV, radio, and or digital. Digital ads by political campaigns uh, will be more than double in 2020 versus 2016. Platforms from Twitter to TikTok outright banning political advertising, Google placing limits on targeting ads. But Facebook, you can bet your bottom dollar, will receive the lion's share of spending on political ads digitally in 2020. So, I, I, for all the truism that we try to hear from, it's not really sticking. Netflix will probably not introduce an ad-supported tier in 2020. If they do it in 2021, will it be one year too late? Netflix has to watch carefully to see how Hulu does under Disney and how Disney Plus does under Disney. And maybe even how ESPN Plus does under Disney. Isn't it crazy? Disney has three of the biggest streaming platforms. Eh? Uh, Netflix will probably not introduce an ad-supported tier. They'll probably wait and see on how many people cut so that they could say, Hey, we're the only ad free one. Disney plus is kind of ad free, but you do see a lot of Disney products there. Um, And even Disney movies and Disney TV shows like baby Yoda, 2019 phenomenon of which I found out there's a lot of musicians who basically hear about a a phenomenon and they make rap songs about it. There's a baby Yoda rap song. It's awful. Uh, but it's also people's trying to, you know, stake a claim to fame by if people are Googling Baby Yoda, they see Baby Yoda song, maybe they'll play it. Baby Yoda's could be a big ticket for um, Disney in probably May of 2020, because Disney had to keep a lid on the character in The Mandalorian, which was the top show of 2019, until it wasn't when The Witcher took it over, which is getting awful reviews, but no one seems to care um so netflix needs to add subscribers and not necessarily try to do the ad supported tier but down the road will they have to we're gonna wait and see depends on how successful disney is at hurting netflix Uh, congress will probably not pass a federal privacy law in 2020 and it continues to be a mess on the digital platforms not in an election year. You're not going to see Congress do this. A lot won't get done. Not with Democrats and Republicans still divided over federal privacy laws. Not when only within the last uh, couple of months did members of Congress introduce two bills that disagree on important you know, points. Um, we need a federal privacy law. We don't have one. I don't think big tech is going to get broken up. I think big tech is going to continue to get their wrists slapped. Amazon, Facebook, Amazon, uh, Apple, and Google, they're really loud companies. And politicians tend to hear them. They're making so much noise, they're easy to talk about. Splitting Google and different businesses ignores how interconnected all the models are. It's free Android business. Props up products like Maps and Gmail. Um, If you unwind past acquisitions and try to break them up, like Google's purchase of DoubleClick, You'd have companies that haven't blended yet, um, and DoubleClick probably would create more value. Facebook's busy trying to knit everything. Facebook's trying to knit all their products into one user experience, whether it be Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram. Google's already done it. They turned their operating system into kind of the web that pulls in Maps and Gmail. Twitter came out with something in 2019 called blue sky. It's a vision for social media to essentially heal itself by making social media operate more like email does to be decentralized. So anyone can communicate with another, no matter which network they happen to be using. Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter um, has got some big hurdles of trying to convince people that that's going to work. I don't think it works. Influencers are going to continue to influence. It's crazy when you start seeing that people on YouTube, uh, like a Logan Paul, make millions and millions and millions of dollars. They are the Jennifer Aniston's of the, of the 2020s. Uh, they are the highly paid, highly edited, beautifully captured photos. They are the, the images that we think of. So influencer and influencer markets, and that's one of the reasons Snapchat's really interesting in 2020. They've created a lot of um, augmented reality lenses that creators or influencers can use to become famous. And that would drive SnapStock said higher. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial money investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. 2019 amazing year on Wall Street. I'm glad I was able to share it with you and my excitement. Radio is an interesting industry. It gives you a lot of young people to work with. As It's a good training ground. And I'm super proud of my producer, who this year he's put aside. He started saving. He got thrown on my show. Didn't know what he was working with. Didn't know what he was getting into. Didn't know if he was a hothead. Didn't know what I was. But he did it. He started saving money. And like that's step one. It's a marathon. It's going to be exhausting to get to retirement. When I started this all 25 years ago, roughly, uh, more than that, I was 18 years old when I started all this silliness of investing. My goal was I didn't want to work till the day I died. That's it. That was my goal. Then I started thinking about it. And I'm like, hey, I'd love to get married. So I don't want me and my wife to work till the day I die. I didn't know if I was going to have kids or not. Later in life, i have kids. And it starts begging the question of, now what? You know, It's only my, I don't want to work till the day I die, so maybe I need to work till the day I died to, to help support others. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle, right? Or the reality. 34% of Americans, more than 100 million Americans, are renting. That's the largest chunk of the U.S. population since the 1960s. National rent, what do you think it is? I will give you uno momentero to figure it out. National rent. It's up thirty-six percent in the last ten years. Fourteen hundred and seventy-three dollars. Do you remember? And again, if I'm talking to like 30-year-olds, do you remember when you rented your first apartment in your 20s? If I'm talking to 50-year-olds, do you remember the first apartment you rented when you're 20s? And some of those numbers go shockingly low. Like I was a kind of guy that I knew that I wanted to get to retirement, so in college. When it was time to move off campus, what I did was I got a house. I was responsible for all $1,000 rent per month on the five-bedroom house. It was a dump. When it flooded, the whole house got musty. When it rained, the whole house got musty. But what I did was I took the smallest room, and then I found four roommates. And essentially, I charged them 250 to 275 to 225 to 250 So, they were covering the $1,000, and I lived for free. It's an evil Rob Black trick. I mean, that's not evil. I I didn't do them any disservices. I just figured out a way to to make it work the best for me. But they didn't have to sign it. It didn't hold any guns in their head. I didn't raise the rents or anything like that. I had to pay the bills. I had to do a lot of that kind of stuff. So, there was some cost of me being the manager of the property. But every now and then, I tried to say, okay, let's think the anti things like do we really think facebook's gonna cut back on political spending now so you could almost bet on that and then sometimes i come up with evil ideas like in college i would get what was called milwaukee's best which is the worst beer on the planet there's also a second worst beer called national bohemian and you could get like a six pack probably for two bucks 250 then and my friends would go out and get six packs of Heineken and six packs of IPAs, and they're paying six bucks, seven bucks, eight bucks, nine bucks. So when they'd come to my place to drink my beer, it wasn't as – do you see what I'm saying? I'm not saying be evil. I'm not saying rip people off. I'm, not say, I'm just saying learn to look at money in funny ways, and it'll help you as an investor, in my opinion. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, I would say one of the better things you could do is stop trying to predict. And it's funny because as every year starts, you go through predictions, and you look back, and you kind of forget the previous predictions. One of the things you should do is kind of have most of your portfolio kind of robotic some large cap, some small cap, some mid cap, some international, and some income. You can lay it out different ways. That's that's one way. Now, you can say, what percentages do I do in all of it? If there's five there, large, small, mid, international income, I do 20% each. And as you learn, you can massage that differently in your 401k, your 403b, your 457, your retirement accounts. You don't have to do 20% large if large cap just had a a great year. You can do it differently. So, for instance, in 2019, tech was up 47.5% as a sector. The NASDAQ was up only 35%. So, information tech as a subsector of the S&P 500, up 47%. Communication services, up 30%. So clearly, IT was above the median, 34.8. IT came in at 47.5% returns. Financials up 28.8%. Certainly didn't feel like that. That was a lot of the front end of 2019. Industrials up 26%. Real estate investment trusts up 24%. Consumer staples up 23.9%. Utilities up 21%. Do you see a sector that didn't work in 2019? I'll take 20% returns, even if the market's up 30%. That's a pretty damn good return. Um, and ones that got above the market average was one. And then you underperform markets with communication services, financials, industrials, consumer discretionary, real estate investment trusts, consumer staples, utilities, but still greater than 20% returns. Amazing. Then you get into some serious underperformers, healthcare and energy. Healthcare up only 18% in 2019. To me, unless you know Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren is going to win, those are healthcare is an obvious play for 2020. It's a little advisor for taking action on stock pension So maybe if it was an equal weight in 2019, maybe it's an overweight in 2020, but not by a lot. Maybe you go 15% of your portfolio to 20%, and you cut back IT from 25% back to 20%. I'm again, it's a advisor for taking action Any actual stocks mentioned. But the biggest underperformer was energy. Even though oil prices went up big in 2019, energy stocks did not. So I see that as value, but the question is, is it a value trap? And ending the year and the idea with the famous Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. I'm Rob Black. Be good to yourself, invest for the long term. Talk to you soon. Find me at robblackshow.com.